Welcome to episode 4 of High and Tight on Game Time CT. My name is Scott Erickson, and with me as always is Pete Pagagua. How's it going, Scott? It's going pretty well. How have you been this week? Good, good. Got out to a couple of good games. Um, the weather, like we said last week, is turning. It was a little cold yesterday, but yeah. uh, we're hitting mid-season right now, and you know the, the calendar's turned to May, so now this is when... These are the important games. I think this is when we're going to see... Uh, teams going out with their big guns, um, you know, for important games and, you know, start lobbying for seeding. Uh, come, you know, the end of the month, we're going to be, two weeks, we're going to be dancing into uh, conference tournament time. So That's crazy. And so many teams this week have four or five games because of the weather last yep. week. So we're, they're playing pro-like schedules. Their pitching's putting game put to the yeah. test. and It's crazy. Look, at, Darian's playing five games in five days this week. Darian is. Which West is Hill unbelievable. Is, but I mean, Darian had all those games early. So what right. happened? They they have to go on the road and the, and the the road teams you know Ridgefield St Joe their fields weren't ready and uh, I mean whatever's going on with St Joe's field who knows they had yeah. to move another game Sunday and then they played at Beardsley Park yesterday so their field is just a swamp you right know, now I mean that's just at St Joe's Derby's been playing all their games on the road Derby hasn't year. played one home game right yeah, yeah. they've been playing well home games you know with quotations but not in their but home not field. but not at Derby um sure. which I mean you got to think that that that, uh, that has to affect a team in some way not having that comfort level of, of getting course. out of school, walking over to the field, you know, kind of making, you know, your pregame routine, whether it's getting to the field early, now you got to take a bus, and, like, you don't really get that advantage of playing at your home field. And then even in terms of getting fans to come to games, sure. they can't just leave school or hang out at school. I mean, that's definitely got to... Plus, where are they practicing? I mean, I, yeah. don't, I don't know where these teams are getting practice time. I know the... St. Joe's has some turf up there, yeah. or maybe they're using fields in Trumbull, but you can only that's really so hard. It's yeah, you can really, only do so really much. Hard. It's not a coincidence that they lost a few games. Yeah, and, and recently, three and three. But three and three, they're on the outset. Yeah. They're they're on the out of the top ten right now. But yeah. I don't think anyone would be surprised if St. Joe's is back in it at the end of the year. No, St. Joe's is going to be one of the better teams in Class M. They're yeah. going to be you know a quarter semifinalist, maybe yep. finalist. So we're not going to worry about them. But it just stinks for them that they have to play so many games. Away from yep. home. Uh, let's talk about some games that we saw this week. Um, let's start up in the shoreline. We're going to give a little shoreline love here today. Uh, we'll get to your game in one second. Yep. First, also, we covered yesterday. I wasn't there, but someone was. We covered uh, Cock and Chog yesterday. Luke Garofalo, who just transferred in there, yep. struck out 11 of 13 hitters, pitched four hitless innings, uh, picking up the win. They won 7-3. to three. Uh, they're really coming on strong, and if he's going to be a pitcher for them, they can really be a dangerous team in that conference. It's basically like adding a big arm at the pitching deadline. Yeah. At the trade deadline is yeah. what it really is. Um, you know, Luke was a all-New Haven Register, all-area player last year. Xavier transferred back to his hometown team. The kid's going to Bryant to play. Uh, kid's super talented. You know, he's probably chomping at the bit the last couple of weeks. Because not it's not like, oh, you have to wait a month. It's like, you have to wait 10 games. So now it's like... These games keep getting pushed back, so, you know, the longer and longer he's sitting and sitting. So, you know, he was definitely chomping at the bit, getting ready to play, and, uh, I mean, he came out firing yesterday. And if Kogginshock, you know, he pitches like that the rest of the way, Kogginshock's going to be a really dangerous team down the stretch. You're going to talk about Adam Killingworth in a second, but I also want to mention uh, Portland has won four in a row in that league. That's a great baseball town. 
They lost their first four games. They won their next four. I think they're coming on strong, too. So the, the top two teams in that league are going to have to watch out for Portland, too, I think. Absolutely. I mean, Portland, a handful of years ago, it was like 2014, I want to say, they won the Class S title. Yeah. They came in with eight or nine wins, and then they didn't. They let up like one run in the state tournament. They right. won the Shoreline Conference tournament, and then they won well, like eight games and nine, nine games in a row to, to win the state title. So like you said, it's a, it's a, it's a rich program. Uh, it's baseball rich town. The kids play for the RCP, RCP. And the Legion team <laughs> that wins all the time. So anytime you got to play Portland, you know you got to bring your best because they're not gonna they're not gonna take it easy on anyone. Uh, one thing I, I forgot to say about Garofalo was I read in the story that he had six strikeouts over two innings on nineteen pitches, which means one of those innings was an immaculate inning where it's nine strikes and you're out of there. See, that's what we call efficiency. That is beyond efficiency. <laughs> that is so beautiful. I meant to mention that when we were talking and about we him. we love those games, covering those my games. Favorite. Those favorite. are my favorite games. Favorite. All right, so you went up to Haddam Killingworth yesterday. Tell me what yes. you saw up there. Uh, well, on the road, there were a lot of trees. <laughs> sure. Um, oh, rural. you mean the game. The it's, game. Um, <laughs> it's rural. It's a rural um, It is. It is. I, it's only the second time I've actually ever been to, to Haddam Killingworth. Uh, they have such a really nice field, uh, yeah. just in terms of that. They had a nice little wooden press box above home plate, which was nice. So you had that nice little uh, small-town baseball feel to it, you know. Yeah. A lot of the kids are in the shoreline, you know, they're wearing, uh, they're wearing stirrups. They got dirty jerseys already before the game. Before the Just game. had that, like, sandlot kind of feel, and then yeah. they play that way. Yeah. You know, HK is 12-0, and 0, uh, t- one of the two last unbeaten teams in the state. They play a very... You want to say it's small ball. They pitch really well. They, they pitch the contact. They throw strikes. They, as the Westbrook coach uh, Derek said yesterday after the game, they don't give up the free 90s. Right. And they, they take free 90s all the time. They will bottle in the outfield. They're, on, they're taking second base. Ball in the dirt. They're taking second or third base. They bunt. They're three-hitter bunted. They're four-hitter bunted. They play really good small ball. They play great defense. Um, and, you know, they win these... Four to two games, four nothing games, three to one games that you need to win if you're gonna win in the state tournament. Sure, and they've kind of perfected and they've done a really good job at it. Uh, Coach Robbins, uh, Coach Brooks, sorry, Coach Brooks has done a really good job. And, and you know, talking to the kids after, they're like, you know, we will work outwork everybody. Um, you know, but they he's just instilled that kind of uh, mentality in the team that kind of shows through that they're gonna work hard for everything. They're not going to take anything for granted. And if you slip up once against them, they will make you pay for it. Yeah. And they showed it yesterday. Uh, John Saviello pitched a great game. Uh, Owen uh, Marchi came in at the end, shut the door. He's been closing games for them. He's their shortstop. He had a big hit in the game. Uh, Westbrook's no slouch either. Uh, Kyle, Kyle Robbie. Robinson, who came in, uh, he pitched a complete game for Westbrook, pitched well. Um, Westbrook just made a couple errors. And... They capitalized. They capitalized. They made him pay for it. So it's nice to get up there and, 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 and see HK yesterday. As much as I love uh, pitching duels, I love small ball, too. And, and, and I have to say, I, I hate it in Major League Baseball. Yeah. I, I hate bunting. I, I hate yeah. sacrificing a Major League hitter. But in the high school level, when you can do that successfully, yeah. you can be really, really good. Yeah, there wasn't there wasn't even an extra base hit in the game. Right. And that's how Danbury wins a lot of games. Sean Ratchford is a master of that. I watched him have like five players bunch yeah. in a row in Stanford one year and score three runs. Yeah. Like, put the pressure on the defense. Exactly. And at this level. At this level. At this level, you have to force teams to make plays. To yes. You. Yeah. The, you, you just do because no one's perfect. No one's great. No team. These aren't. MLB teams, like, mistakes will be made, and yeah. you need to be ready to capitalize on them. 
And and Hamden, you brought up Danbury. When I saw Hamden, Hamden play Danbury, Hamden did that to Danbury. Yeah. They took advantage of their mistakes, and that's where you're going to win in high school. Yeah. You need to, if they make a mistake, you need to capitalize on it. And if you don't, if you start giving away stuff like that, that's when you're going to get into trouble. Uh, I'll say quickly, too, I saw Staples beat West Hill 9 nothing yesterday. It wasn't really that much of a blowout. Uh, solo home run by Drew Rogers against John McDonald the opposite way. Then they tacked on three runs with a balk and a couple walks and error. And then they got to a reliever for the six runs, so the, the total looked massive. Uh, but I do want to say Drew Rogers had two home runs. Staples looks so good right now. I they're, mean, they're, they're, they're back? Staples back? I don't think they ever went anywhere. Um, and the one thing they're doing, like we talked about this, how they did it with Gasparius last year, they're not using Chad Knight as a starter right now. Yeah. He is pitching out of the bullpen. He was ready to come into that game when it was one nothing, 3 nothing. Yeah. Once they opened the lead up, they didn't use him. But that's how they're using him right now, to come in and be a closer. And at the end of the year, he's going to be there. But uh, Harry Azadian, as a starting pitcher, I've seen him twice now, really good. He's not overpowering, spots the fastballs on the corners, which if you can spot fastballs on corners in high school baseball, you are going to be so successful. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, and that's just what, and you mentioned that about Ben, and I think that's what Jack does so well is that. So he knows he can go to Chad now, now that we turn the calendar to May. Um, these games become a little bit more important. I think we'll see Chad Knight start a handful of games more. But all those guys who started at the beginning of the year are ready. Yeah. So now you don't have to worry about getting them in because you know what you're going to get from Chad, and now all these younger guys have all this experience, and that's going to pay dividends in the playoffs. Uh, so I want to hear about Amity Prep. That that was a... That was... You want to talk about... A, we talked about giving away mistakes and making mistakes, and Amity made one mistake. Yeah. <laughs> Adam Stone let off the game with the double. Yeah, took third on a pass ball. Yeah, and then uh, Ben Ben Lowick tried to pick him off at third. Third baseman didn't see it coming. Didn't break for the bag. Threw the ball out of play. Adam Stone scored. Uh, Prep wins one nothing. I mean yeah. that was the game right there in two or three batters. Um, but other than that, it was a great baseball game by two of the SEC's better pitchers and Adam Stone for Prep. And, and, and Lodwick for Amity. Yeah. You know, Lodwick came on last year as a junior for that Amity team that made the run to the... Um, they were number one all year, went to the finals. He pitched in the state finals as yeah. a junior against Staples. He's good. Adam Stone, a junior now, is just really coming on. You know, you covered him in Stanford when he was younger. He's always the biggest kid. He's just gigantic still. I covered but him and, really, his, and his brothers on the Legion. He teams. really came on... Um, you know, he had a little bit of an interesting first inning. He wasn't really spotting his pitch as well. He walked like one or two kids, and then he went right after him. I mean, you know, Pat Winkle, who might be the best player in the state at Amity, you want to talk about scouts at that game, there were like four or five there. Sure. <laughs> and, and Adam, you know, he hit Adam well, but Adam, he hit him right at guys. Like, you know, Adam pitched really well. He threw strikes. He threw hard. And then Will Lucas comes in the game, and at that point, you know, it's, you know, it's kind of over. Um, Adam's got a great defense behind him, and pitchers that know that are more willing to pitch to contact yep. and let those guys work behind Absolutely. him. Absolutely. And, you know, Amity had a chance to tie the game late. Yeah. The guy on third, their leadoff hitter up, and uh, Will got the ground ball, and the game was over. It was really good. Look, we, we talk about Amity, and they're going to be there at the end of the year. And we don't, I don't want to repeat myself, but Prep's the number one team in the state right now, and we'll yeah. touch on that a little bit later. They're 12-1. and one. Yeah. Amity won nothing, one mistake, and it's a completely different game that's going to extra innings. So, right. you know, whenever you, whenever you play Amity, you're going to get their best. Yeah. Or, and you're going to give them their best. And that, it really showed um, it really showed that at the end of last week. Uh, let's talk about a few other kids uh, from games we didn't see but had awesome performances this week. Uh, start with our, our 
old friend of the show, Mike Burroughs, 16 strikeouts and a no-hitter yesterday for Waterford. I mean, he's probably the best pitcher in the state right now. I mean, he's least, the best at, pitcher at, I've at least, seen. At least numbers-wise. Yeah, he's yeah. the best pitcher I've seen. Yeah. Um, and I could just, when I saw it, I was like, 16 cases. That's unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean, he struck out 12 when I saw him. And, like, he was locked in. I can't imagine going 16. I and we're talking 16 of 21. 16 of 21. This is not 90 minutes. Yeah. Game. <laughs> oh, remember, I asked him after that game. I was like, oh, I think it was 12 or 13 strikeout. It was 13, I think. Yeah. And I was like, oh, is this a career high? And he's like, no, I had 21 last year. Or he had, like, 18. It was something ridiculous. So this is this is nothing for him. 16 strikeouts, whatever. But, you know, seeing that, I mean, knowing Mike and, and how good of a pitcher he is, this is not a surprise. And if they have Mike Burroughs... And you're facing Mike Burroughs, good luck. And if you get a hit off of him, keep the ball. It doesn't happen often. <laughs> the ask kid for, is ask for it to be taken over. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ask him to throw it over. Because it's very, you know, this kid's going to UConn. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Waterford's, I don't care that they got moved up from M to L. They're going to be ready come the state tournament. And if he has the ball, good luck. Uh, who else we got? Uh, um, so you mentioned Drew Rogers had two home runs yes. yesterday against Westville. As did Jared Smith for Amity against Shelton. He had never hit a home run in his high school career before. He hits two in one game. That's two more than I ever hit in my high school career, as long as my old man softball career. Um, and Lyman Memorial's Tony Encontro struck out 14 batters and allowed three hits in a 2 nothing win over to Tortolot. 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 Nailed it. Um, you know, even a game like that, you allow three hits. <laughs> You know, you allow three hits, but 14 Ks is 14 Ks. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. a dominant performance, and uh, it's nice to, um, to to see those guys. So th- those were all on Monday. Uh, it was a great Monday of baseball. Awesome Monday of baseball. Oh, so many good games across the state. So it was nice to highlight some of those guys. I mean, can you imagine? You know, I hit one home run over the fence in my, like, baseball career. Yeah. It was like a you know, older little league. I had to be, like, 16 or 17. Yeah. And I hit a home run, and it was wind-aided. Like, yeah. you know, wind's blowing out. I put the ball up, and it just took off. My dad put me in the pitch, and then I blew the lead. So uh, that's my only memory of hitting a home run. Did you ever hit a home run? Uh, yeah, 12-year-old, uh, 12-year-old baseball. Yeah. Was it, like, over the fence, or, like, was it a little league home run? It was over the fence. Hit the top of the fence, up, and then right down. Did, that, did you almost like missed it. Oh, did you no, do like I was a slight jog? I was in full sprint, so I thought it was, like, a double. <laughs> so then I was, like, almost a third, and they are like, slow down. <laughs> it's gone, it's gone, it's gone. So I didn't enjoy it. No, that's... But in retrospect, it was fun. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to mention one more thing. It's not a player, but shout-out to New Milford for their road jerseys. Oh, I don't know if you greens? saw these. They're green with, like, a white stripe with a black outline, kind of like the old White Sox unis, but they're, they're all green. Yeah. They have a Green Wave logo on the sleeve, says Green Wave on the front, and a, and a number underneath the no. lettering. So quick shout-out. we got to get a little uniform talk in here. And the yeah. new, new Milford road unis... They are awesome. choice. <laughs> and our photographers love that there are jersey numbers on the front. Oh, uh, yes. They do love that. <laughs> but, uh, oh, yeah, you know, I saw those. I, I think we shot the New Milford game yesterday. Yeah. Um, and shout out to New Milford. They uh, they won yesterday behind Zach uh, Proxy at his best outing of the year, and they beat Massick, who we were talking about last week as a team that, you know, if they get hot, like Trumbull, you know, will the real Massick please stand up? You know, which Massick are we going to see come postseason time? Yeah. Uh, let's get into the poll a little bit here. We got a few new teams that came into the poll this week. Uh, Adam Killingworth, who we just talked about, they made their first appearance. They're eleven and zero. Manchester stays in the poll uh, despite taking a loss to South Windsor. Uh, Wilton and Darien jump into the poll. We've talked about both those teams before. I feel a little bad. I'm going to cover that game today, Darien Wilton. I've covered Wilton twice this year. 
they have two losses. Both times I've been there. <laughs> Hopefully they don't consider me some sort of jinx. I swear to God, I'm not doing anything. Uh, but both well-deserved to be in the top ten. Uh, Hand got a vote still for number one. They lost by one run to Wilton. Fell out of the top spot. That's the way it goes this year in the poll. Uh, Waterford got a vote. They're number two. And Prep got ten votes. They're well-deserved, I think, number one team Prep, in the state. Prep is good. I've seen them twice. Um, when you got guys like Will Lucas, Adam Stone, Joe Mancini, and there's a ton of other kids who I haven't mentioned. They're from top to bottom. They might be the most complete team in the state. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about what teams we think are the most complete teams in the state. Oh, are we doing our mailbag? Our oh, impromptu we, mailbag? Oh, the impromptu mailbag. The let's, impromptu mailbag. I uh, So on Twitter the other day, I was bored. There were rainouts, so I threw out, if anyone's got CT baseball questions, fire them at me. And we got a couple. So now we're going to try and do a mailbag we'll do because a mailbag. of this accident that <laughs> happened. So the first question came from at hellyeah997 on Twitter. <laughs> Who is the most complete team in the state? Um, and my answer was, in the in the state, I think it's prep. Yeah, I think it's prep, too. Uh, in the FCAC, I think it's Darien and Staples. I think they have the pitching and the depth of hitting uh, that's going to really propel them. I think there's other good teams, but those are the two most complete that yeah. I've seen. And who have you seen outside this area? Um, prep, uh, Waterford, I've seen. Waterford, I really sure, like yeah. Waterford a lot. Um, I don't need to tell you guys that. I think Holy Cross is very complete for an NVL team and a you know, class S. Uh, I think they will do well. I haven't seen this team but they've proven everything that their coach said at the beginning of the year about how complete and talented they are, and that's hand. Sure. You know, yes, they lost to Wilton. Wilton's a good team, and Tim Egan does a great job down there. Yeah. Um, so don't sleep on hand because they lost one game. Of course. I think hand is very complete. Um, I like South Windsor a lot, too. Yeah. Again, a team I haven't seen, but from what I've read, their depth of pitching and their lineup seems to hit all the way and through. That's what, so. I mean, Weatherfield, too. I mean, Weatherfield's not even in the top ten. I don't even think they're getting votes. It's, and, it's uh, weird. They have a it's lot weird. of... They, they're, they're very complete, um, you know, as well. So the I think there's was, a lot of... I think there's a lot of good teams in the state this year. For it is, and the poll's so weird because, yeah. like, Windsor beats South Windsor. South Windsor beats Manchester. Manchester and South Windsor are ranked, uh, and Windsor's not. Because one person leaves yeah. them off the pole. It happens that way sometimes. Yeah. So they're nine exactly. points behind. But if I'm going to pick a complete team right now, I think I'm, I'm, I'm going. If the state tournament started today, I'm picking Fairfield Brown. I think that's fair. I think you know a lot of us thought that they were really good coming into the year. Some of those younger guys have developed and yeah. and really shown out well. Uh, Stone didn't pitch for them a ton last year. He pitched a lot in Legion, but... Uh, with him on the mound, he's just—he's so, so good. He's six foot six. He's a giant. Yeah, the and, whole, that whole know, family. Shout out! Good. Shout out! Adam Stone celebration. You know, we don't see it a lot in high school sports. Yeah, and I think it's kind of a shame. Obviously, you don't want the over the top celebration. Stuff, but subtle, I love showing emotion. I think that's cool and something that Adam Stone does. Uh, he's a big fan. He does the bow when he gets an extra base hit. He turns to the team. He takes his helmet off and he he bows down uh, to his move. team. And I think it's very fun. I don't think, you know, I think it's a it's a cool little gesture. Yeah, it's a cool gesture, and I spoke to him after the Amity game, and I was like, so what's the deal with that? When do you do that? And he's like, oh, only extra basics. And he's like, you know, it's just like a fun thing to do. And I think we don't see that enough in high school sports. You know, and I understand why, you know, you don't want to show up an opponent, or right. there are certain rules, especially if you look at football, like, I'm a big fan of emotion. It's high school sports. If and you hit a double or a triple and you want to do the antlers yeah. or you want to do the salt and pepper shake or whatever yeah. you want to do over there, it's subtle. You're doing it to your bench yeah. and it's over. Ke- Kevin Brueggemann. 
Uh, yeah. Shout out Dirt Talk a couple weeks ago. That photo <laughs> that we have when he did the he did like the uh, yeah. I don't know what uh, the, the angel used to do it with uh, Josh Hamilton. The like that's yeah, cool. Yeah, the yeah. hook shot, whatever it is. Like that stuff's fun, and and I like that, and I like showing the emotion. I want to shout out Adam because I'm a big fan. That and he's every time I, I cover the game, he always gets one, and he does it like right to the camera. <laughs> so it works. So the other perfect. question I got, do you have that? Other yes, one I do. Too? It was from uh, at DJ Elk thirty four on Twitter. Thirty four. Yeah. Um, favorite Not field. DJ to watch. No, no, thirty-four. Um, he asked, "What is your favorite field to watch a game in the state?" Now, I'm going to preface this and say that Palmer Field and Muzzy Field are not allowed to be answered because <laughs> they are everyone's answer. They're obviously one-two. They're obviously one-two. So let's have what we do this high schools, just like high fields schools. at high schools. Yes, and uh, you know, so you get that whole atmosphere, the school in the background, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I love Staples. I like their big wall in left field. Uh, they've done a good job. Getting the dugouts painted in school colors. They put their banners up from their championships in the mm-hmm. outfield. Um, I've always liked Greenwich's field a lot, and they've really refurbished that in the last few years. Painted the dugouts red. Made, uh, you know, put up the windshields, but it looks like a real pro yep. fence. Uh, I always really love those two stadiums down here. Yeah, I mean, obviously Staples is, you know, Jack does a great job with that field, and I know how proud he was. When I, oh, when I went down to do the preview, he was like, oh, make sure we got, got the new banner up. You got to get, <laughs> get video of that, Pete. Um, I think Staples is great. Um, I like Cheshire's, I want to say. Yeah. Theirs is on their campus. I like that. Um, this one's not on campus. I know it's kind of breaking it, but Fusenich Park in Torrington. Yeah. I don't know if you guys, anyone's ever been up there. The city does such a nice job with keeping that field. They got the dugouts with the stairs. I'm a big fan of stair dugouts. Yes. So you can like, so you can like stand on it and put like your like, you know, um, your yeah. fist under your chin. And, like, it's, it's a real dugout. Yeah, it's a real dugout. And I yeah. love that atmosphere, and I think they do a great job there. The scenery behind you could use some work. Yeah. But I think the field itself is really <laughs> nice. Um, I'm trying to go outside of Fairfield County because I've been kind of all but around Fitch the or NFA? Fitch was really Fitch nice. nice right? um, yeah. They have the press box, the two really nice dugouts. They have grandstands. On their third baseline, like football stands. So that's proper. So that's awesome. So like I'm able to like stand up top and like shoot over the fences for video and stuff. But I thought it was really nice. They take care of it very well. They have like the two bullpens on each side, the cage. I'm pretty sure they have a turtle too for batting practice and stuff like that. Adam Killingworth had hot dogs, right? They did. So Adam Killingworth was very interesting yesterday. So they had the press box. And then underneath the press box is the concession stand. Yeah. So like I'm sitting there filming, doing the book, and just hot dogs all game. That's it trouble was, for you. Oh my god, I couldn't concentrate. I'm pretty sure I like. I'm pretty sure I like phased out the fifth inning. Um, but uh, yeah, just so those are some. Just into the microphone, hot dogs. Yeah, huh? like, oh, hot dogs. Yeah, don't listen to the video. There's just like a lot of like drooling. Um, so listen, yeah, we'll we'll do those mailbags a little more on Twitter. I yeah, think that was fun. I think I think that get, was fun. Generate some conversation. A rain out's obviously the best time to do it, but... And listening to old episodes of High and Tight. Yeah, go back and listen to the old episodes of High and Tight and then fire off a few questions for us. We always love to do that. Uh, let's take a look at some games coming up this week. Uh, there's a lot of good ones. Yeah, well, so, right off the bat, I mean, you mentioned Wilton Darien. Um, yeah. That's a great game. Wilton is red hot. Uh, Tim's got the young group. I and mean, this is the team that won the SEAC title last year. They lost a lot of guys. I don't know how many people would expect them to be 9-2 right now. I, I wouldn't. The, 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 Wilton lost all their pitching. They yeah. lost two legitimate aces and a third kid that was really good. So they had to rebuild their entire pitching yeah. staff. That's and that's hard. how Tim went. I mean, yeah. that's how, you know, when they won the SAC title a couple years ago. Before, they had a lot of good pitching as well. Yeah. Um, but it's and, nice to see them up there with Dylan uh, for his senior year. Yeah, Lafiere. Yeah, Lafiere. Yeah. When he was, a, I mean, I can't believe he's still there. 
Um, like now I'm aging myself. <laughs> I remember when he was a freshman, but it's nice to see Wilton's good. Darian, like you said in the polls, probably the most complete team in uh, the FCAC. And, and we get Darian Staples Friday. Yeah. So it's a, it's a big week for some of those teams in the FCAC. But Darian Staples Friday, in my opinion, the two best teams in the FCAC right now. Uh, so that should be awesome. Hopefully that happens. Yep. Uh, tomorrow, uh, Montville and Waterford. Uh, you know, it's another test for Waterford. Uh, Montville has beaten some really good teams, so including Holy Cross. Program. Yeah. It's just a good program. And whenever you play a program with the history that Montville has, same with Fitch, you know, you're always going to get a great matchup. Uh, yes, they beat Holy Cross, and you mentioned Holy Cross. Also Wednesday, Watertown and Holy Cross. Yep. Uh, two big uh, NVL teams. Uh, Watertown's kind of floating under the radar a little bit. And also, I want to jump back to Tuesday. Seymour's playing St. Paul Catholic today. Oh, yes. Um, St. Paul Catholic. St. Paul needs some love. No love in the in, in the poll, which is, they're 10-1, and one, or 10-2 now. They should have some they, votes. They need at least some votes. And they I beat St. Joe's. Yeah, and they beat St. Joe's. Um, they have a great player in Justin Thaler. Yeah. Uh, he's unbelievable. Um, he's hitting dingers left and right. He's only a sophomore. Um, if you read my NVL story, I, I read in there. Um, St. Paul needs love, and Seymour, who thinks that I kind of left them out of the NVL thing, so yeah. I think they got a little chip on. I've heard, I've heard they weren't too happy. You heard with they weren't me. too happy. That's okay. Um, so yeah, shout out Seymour and St. Paul are playing Tuesday in another good NVL match, uh, and then also Wednesday we've talked about prep a lot, but Notre Dame West Haven versus prep. Yep, I think that's a good one. Two Catholic schools. Um, when is Notre Dame West Haven going to figure it out? They're six and six. A lot of people picked them to win the SECs at the beginning of the year. They brought back a great guy, a great pitcher like Mike Sanchon. We saw Notre Dame West Haven together at West Hill. They're going to figure it out. Yeah. And the funny little thing is they've been to the finals the even years, the last like six years. That's a good stat. Something like that. 10, 12, 14, or 14, 16, so now it's 18. Something like that. Um, so you know they're going to figure it out at some point. This could be the turning point for them this season if they can knock off Pratt. Uh, then we have Cockenchog and Haddon Killingworth. We talked about those two schools. That should be an awesome yep. game up in that conference. When, and then, oh, uh, when is that game? Friday. And then also Friday, New Milford and Immaculate. Immaculate's really playing good baseball, yep. and they haven't really been getting talked about either. Nope. Yeah, that's two of the two of the top teams in the SWC. I mean, they're going to be playing for first base, uh, for first place. Yeah. Uh, we've talked a lot about New Milford. Like you said, Immaculate's not being talked about as much. That SWC is sneaky good. We were just talking about Massac last week, really the team who who could win the SWC and yeah. lose a couple of games. Not saying that they won't, but you you see the turnover in that league every week. And one other game I wanted to mention, this is not um, you know, a big statewide game, but Platt Maloney you're playing. Yeah. And I'm a big fan of those rivalry games. I got to cover that for two years. Uh, when the two of them, when the two schools go against each other, it's always fun. They're playing Wednesday night at 6, a little under the lights at Sepa Field and Meriden, um, Carson Kuhn, who's one of the better players in the CCC, uh, Platt, you know, is, uh, they're a good program. They'll make the state tournament. Carson's going to Fairfield mm-hmm. uh, to pitch. He's good. He pitched both games last year against Maloney. Talented player, uh, good kid. Um, so shout out uh, Platt Maloney. And I might make my way there on Wednesday night. Who knows? Ooh, Who knows? I might be might making my be return to Meriden. A Pete sighting in Meriden. Maybe, maybe. I wanted. I just want to go watch Carson pitch because he was unbelievable last year. So. That's uh, you're getting near steam cheeseburger territory. Oh my god, Meriden, yeah. go. Middletown. Speaking of steam cheeseburger, I'm still waiting for my yard goat steam cheeseburger hat. They you didn't get it yet? They haven't sent them out yet. I'm they got the t-shirts now too. I saw the t-shirts. I'm expecting my hat in the mail soon because you know if I get that, I'm totally wearing that on the show. And yeah, you know, just as a side note, Harford's kind of co-opting the steam cheeseburger thing because that's not the 
steamed cheeseburger place. It's a middle no, town. But it's, it's middle fine. town Meriden is where it is, and yeah. Kayla Mays, I've gone there. I did a Ted's, story on it. Yeah. Ted's is the big famous one. Yeah. Kayla Mays, unbiased opinion, Kayla Mays is better. The cheese is the bomb. Okay, so that's where I'm going to go next just time. Just want to throw that out there. Next you go we'll there, go you see Kevin. Line. Kevin's a good dude. All right, let's talk about our Dirt Dog. Uh, we got one nominee. We got one nominee. And then we got the winner. Mm-hmm. Uh, my nominee is Zach Zobel, the first baseman from Staples. Uh, he made a play that is gonna was really going to be mentioned nowhere. It didn't make it out. But there was runners on uh, second and first. Uh, there's a hard shot down the first baseline. He dives, knocks it down, doesn't get the kid at first. The bases end up being loaded. But no run score. Next batter strikes out. He saves the inning for Staples, keeps the, you know, the shutout intact. Two innings later, they have a home run, and they're off and rolling offensively. So, yeah, Zach Sobel, like that. yeah, yeah, that's the kind of play you need to make. Yeah. Knock it down. You're not you're not trying to make a spectacular play. You just knock it down, and you save two runs. Live to see the next batter. Live yeah. to see the next day. Keep the force intact. You get a ground ball. All's forgotten. Um, and that's nice to see. It's Jack McFarland coach team right there. Yeah, kid got down and got dirty. <laughs> All right, so you have our Dirt Dog of the Week? I do have our Dirt Dog of the Week. Are we going to give me yeah, the drums? Here we go. John Civiello from Haddam Killingworth. Wow, pitcher. Pitcher. This is our first pitcher. Wow. We're going away from the catchers. I love it. Um, John went six and a third. Yeah. And he struck out six batters. Right. Right? Which, you know, and they won four to two. Uh, he left with a four nothing lead. Well, with two guys on base. Yeah. Anyway. But it wasn't the end numbers that would made John the dirt dog. What really stood out for me is how he grinded every through every inning. Right. It was a gritty performance. It was, you know, he'd, he'd get in there, get a couple of outs, get a guy on in scoring position. He worked out of it. He got the ground balls. We talked about HK before. They pitched a contact. They trust their defenders. And John just grinded out. And it was, it was one of those... Gutty, gritty performances that, like, God, you, you know, love, you love gritty. I love gritty, but it's not like he went out there and struck out, you know, 16 guys, sure. which is great. He's not overpowering. He, yeah. yeah. He went out there and he earned it. Yeah. And, uh, which was nice to see. I like when pitchers have to go out there and work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're not going to go out there and just overwhelm you with a 90 mile an hour. He's going to pitch. He's going to pitch. And that's what he did. He pitched, he played well. HK is 12 and 0. Shout out John Civiello as the week four dirt dog of the week. All right, listen, this has been so much fun. Another Again, week in the books. We have a full week of baseball coming yes. up this week. I mean, every all these teams, like we said, have a lot of games coming up. We're super excited to get out there. The weather is going to turn. We are going to be wearing short sleeves at these games this week and next week and beyond from that. We, we are hitting the home stretch yeah. with the season. We're hitting midseason right now. We're going to see guys like Chad Knight pitching. We're going to be seeing some great matchups. Two weeks we're into conference tournament play, and then we're gonna we're gonna hit it up with some conference tournament predictions. Um, then we go into the states. Then we got uh, the we got an episode before the semifinals. Then we're gonna do an episode immediately after the state championships at Palmer Field. So we have a packed schedule coming up, and we're only done. This is only week four. This is only week four. I, once we get past next week, it's gonna be a roller coaster towards June. I cannot wait. So get out there, enjoy some high school baseball. Remember, kids, keep your gloves down. Don't ruin the game for your friends. As always, I'm Scott Erickson. I'm Pete Kablaga. We'll see you next time. Later.